Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and today's date is Tuesday, the 21st day of February, 2017. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording from a Sully Baseball studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants. Workouts are in. The offseason is over. We're in spring training now, and it's, you know, it's it's that wonderful feeling where you just know that the the season's a, the season's right around the corner, and how we're going to remember 2017. We don't know. I don't know. You don't know. None of us know how we're going to remember 2017. But what I do know is that something is going to happen. Someone who's coming into spring training now, entering that field is going to have these amazing dreams of what they could do. And someone for someone, it's going to be fulfilled. I mean, think about when you go into 2017 and every member of the damn Chicago Cubs had all the the hype and expectations, you know, we have to really, you know, we have to come to terms with the fact of one thing about last year's Chicago Cubs team and how unusual it was that a team had those expectations on it and they came through. How often do you have a team that looks like a super team heading into the season that falls short of the World Series title? How many times have you seen a Yankee team spend big in the offseason and then come up short. Or the Red Sox in 2011 when they brought in a bunch of big players and they fell short. Or when the Phillies, when they brought in first Roy Halladay, then they brought Cliff Lee back and it almost didn't seem fair. When the Dodgers went on a big spending spree in the late 1990s that included bringing in the likes of uh, Gary Sheffield and Kevin Brown, you know, big-time players from the Florida Marlins World Championship team. New manager Davey Johnson said the village idiot can win managing this team, implying there was so much talent on the team that it wasn't even fair. Well, the team didn't even make the postseason. There's so many times you see a team look like a super team that everyone picks, and it doesn't turn out to be the case. The Cubs went in to 2016, and that kind of weird logic that I had that something will inevitably stub him in the toe, was one of the reasons why I did not pick them. I picked them to make the playoffs. But I picked San Francisco to win the World Series, not because it was an even year. But I felt that they were going to win the division. I thought they were a better team than Los Angeles. And I felt that in a playoff situation, I'm going to go with the Giants. Now, that prediction could have come true if they had a better bullpen last year. But I digress. So I rooted for Cleveland in the World Series because I'm a big Francona fan and as I said at nauseum, I did not want the image that would be played forever of a Cubs championship be of celebrating a role as Chapman. Instead it was Bryant throwing the ball to Rizzo, Rizzo tucking his back pocket, and maybe a clip or two of Mike Montgomery jumping up and down. But in the end, the Cubs did it. They had the expectations on it and they came through. And I think sometimes there's something to be said about a champion who was the best team and came through and met the expectations. 
I think sometimes there's something to be said for that. When you look back and you see some of the great teams that had fantastic talent on them, that did not win, sometimes I think it's better in terms of history and longevity to have the team that is star-studded, that is put together, to win at least one. I've been a lot, I've become a lot softer over the years, my my cracking voice notwithstanding. By the way, I've been going through a little case of bronchitis, so if my voice seems to be gone, you know, that's the main reason. So bear with your pal Sully. There's something to be said about a great team winning. And I've gotten a little softer over the years because my team is the Boston Red Sox, and I've seen them win three World Series titles. My second favorite team is the San Francisco Giants. I've seen them win three World Series titles. So I can afford to be a custodian to history and understand the significance and the importance of some teams that maybe even teams I didn't necessarily root for or even like winning a title because it would be a shame if they didn't. I was not a fan of the Tony LaRussa Oakland A's. I was not. They beat up the Red Sox. I just didn't like them. I didn't like Tony LaRussa for whatever reason. And I didn't root for him when he was the manager of the Cardinals either. But in retrospect, I'm glad that the A's with that great team had a title to show for it, albeit one with a muted celebration with the World Series being marred by the earthquake in 1989. Yes, no memory was more painful for me as a Boston Red Sox fan growing up than the 1986 World Series. And if they had to win a World Series, I wish it was 88 or maybe 87 or maybe 85. I know they didn't make it in those years, but they had spectacular teams. You can make an argument that the team in 88 and the team in 85 were even better than the team in 86. I don't know if it would be a good argument, but you could make that argument. You know, it came at the expense of my favorite team. It came at the expense of a team filled with all-time great Red Sox. But it's good that they won one. You know, it's good that Lasorda won a couple with the Dodgers. And the you, the great Dodger teams with Ron Say, with Garvey, with Lopes, with Fernando Valenzuela, with Burt Hooten, with Reggie Smith with who almost said Bill Russell at short, you know, all with Dusty Baker in the outfield, that great team, that great setup, managed to win one in 81. And Lasorda won a second one for good measure in 88. But I'll get back to that one in a second. Trust me, you're not going to find someone rooting against the Yankees quite like me. But it was good that the Jeter, Bernie Williams, Yankees won at least one title. They didn't need to win four, but it would have been a shame if they didn't win one. It, it's good. Even I always rooted against the Braves. I don't like Bobby Cox. I still don't like Bobby Cox. I have a thing about domestic abusers. I'm funny that way. But it is good that the Glavin, Maddox, Smoltz, Chipper Jones, Javier Lopez, Fred McGriff, that whole group, David Justice, 
was able to win a World Series. It's good that that happened. And so when you see a team that is filled with lots of really good players and put together a team well and becomes a memorable team, becomes a memorable unit, it's good that they win one. Historically, it's good for their legacy. And when you look back and you see some great teams that did not win, a core that put together really great teams year in and year out not win, it's aggravating. And it's aggravating because it cheapens their place in history and it also makes you a little bit frustrated at some of the teams that wind up did winning that you kind of scratch your head about. I can think of three specific teams that won the World Series, that you kind of look back and you're like, man, that was weird, wasn't it? And the funny thing is, I rooted for some of them. Four when you really get down to it. The 87 Twins, who I rooted for. They were playing the Cardinals, and the bulk of that Cardinal team, you know, a lot of those Cardinals were part of the 82 championship, so, you know, they were chipped out of a title in 85. But you know what, I don't feel, it's not, you know, the Whitey Herzog Cardinals with Ozzie Smith and and Bob Forsh and all those players, they you know, they won a title. Tommy Herr, Willie McGee, they won a title in 82. So I'm not going to cry too much about them. And the year that they lost to Kansas City, it's like, well, I'm glad Kansas City won after all those years in the postseason. It would have been a real shame to see uh, George Brett not win. It would have been a shame not to see, you know, Dennis Leonard was on that team and and Frank White was on that team, and Willie Wilson, all these classic, Dan Quisenberry, all these classic members of the Kansas City Royals were able to win a title, and that's a good thing. When I stop and think about that Twins team in 87, who kind of stumbled into the World Series, and they beat the Tigers, who won a couple years prior, and they beat the Cardinals, who won a few years before that, so it's not like they denied a franchise its great moment. But it's weird when you look back and go, really, that group won? I mean, they were fun. You know, I liked them. And, I, you know, I rooted for Kirby Puckett. This is before I knew some of his off-field demons. And I liked Herbeck and Gaetti and Bernanski. And, you know, but that was a strange championship because it was like, wow, it, you just got here. You know, you, you just stumbled into the playoffs. And, and, and now you've, you're, you're crowned? And that seems strange when you think about some of the other great teams. I mean, I'll go right to my Red Sox with the Rice, Lynn, Evans, Yastrzemski, Fisk era of the 70s, or the teams with Rice, Evans, Boggs, Clemens, Gedman, and all them, Marty Barrett in the 80s, that they couldn't win at all. But this Twins team did? I'm not taking it away from the Twins. It just feels strange. I think the Dodger team that won the next year, too, when you look and say, who's a world champion Dodger? And you're going to say, you know, you go around the, the horn of that team in 88 with Franklin Stubbs and John Shelby and Jeff Hamilton and Mike Davis and, and Mickey Hatcher. It just seems like a strange team that you don't even associate with the Dodgers. And you go to that Marlins team in 97, and that's the one that really kind of like sticks in my craw a little bit because, you know, they, they, it was a team that was slapped together and the team that they beat, and they beat the Giants along the way. So we didn't have a Dusty Baker 
and uh, Barry Bonds championship, and he didn't have a championship in Candlestick. But they beat the Indians, and th- that Indian squad is one of those teams that I think of that it's a shame they didn't win because they had some great years. Obviously, when they won 100 games out of 144, they should have won it one of those years. They should have. They should have. One year, they could have. They should have put it all together. Probably would have been 96, quite frankly, the year after losing the World Series in 95. If they had gotten past Baltimore, I think they probably would have beaten the Yankees and beaten the Braves. But they got to the ninth inning in Florida with the lead in Game 7 and blew it and lost an extra inning. Sound familiar? And that that team, now Lofton wasn't on the team for that year, but they had, you know, Ramirez and they had, you know, Sandy Alomar and they had Omar Vizquel and Charles Nagy and all these players that you associate with that great run in Cleveland. And instead it goes to a team where you don't even associate the Marlins with, you know, those players. It was just, it was everyone says, let's go here for a year, and a year, year and a half win a title, and then go elsewhere. It just feels strange that this Cleveland team, which is built from the ground up, perfectly placed into their stadium, turned the culture of the team around from being the idea of them winning was so absurd that they made movies about it to being in the playoffs every year except for one between 1995 and 2001, and yet they don't have that one crowning achievement, and yet the Twins got a crowning achievement with that squad. And the Marlins got a crowning achievement with the other squad. And the Twins, they wound up winning another World Series, which I think was easier to, for me to, in, in retrospect, to look at because it was such a great World Series. But it just, you, you want to see those really good teams win it. Win it at least once. You know, the other weird champion would be the Diamondbacks. And, you know, partly because they were so new. It was like, you you know, they, it just, it seemed so quick that they got there. And almost every one of those players who played on that team who won, with the exception of Gonzalez and perhaps Randy Johnson, although you could associate Randy Johnson with the Mariners, you almost associate with everyone with other teams. And that crew got their title. And some of these other teams that have put together wonderful runs Keep falling short. This great run that Texas has had this decade has fallen short. The great run that Pittsburgh had for three years gotten in there with wonderful teams each year. Oakland with wonderful teams for three straight years. Don't have the thing to show for it. And you kind of feel, as I'm getting older, and I could be a little more lenient in my World Series watching. The Red Sox got swept out of the playoffs this year. And I was frustrated by it. I obviously wanted to see him win. And I'm obviously going to root for him this year. But it wasn't a moment of devastation for me. It was like, ah, damn, I wanted that to happen. And then I rooted big time for Cleveland. Just like I'm going to root for him big time this year. In a way, what I'm saying is, this Cubs team is already having a really good run. You know, just a few years ago, they were a 100-loss team. They've made the NLCS in back-to-back seasons. They won the World Series last year. 
So they're they're going to make the postseason again this year. So it's already that's a great run for this team that's young and built from the ground up. And they are, they're playing with house money. Like the Yankees after the 96 championship, like the Giants after the 2010 championship. Everything they do from now on is gravy adding to a legacy that's already perfect. And I look around to some of the other teams, and if I look beyond my Red Sox and Giant uh, fandom, Red Sox are first, National League team is the Giants. If I look beyond that and the embarrassment of riches that those teams have had and the fact that the Red Sox have had titles with as many great players as you can think of and the Giants' core has won a bunch, I'm actually more excited in a way to see which team has had, who has had a good run recently, but no title to show for it, can check that off their list. Cleveland, that's one. Washington, that's one. Close your ears, Giants fans. Dodgers, that's one. There's three of them right there. Texas Rangers, there's another one. That you could see a team that's had a really good run win. And what that would mean. Now, one of the things about those teams that I mentioned that won the World Series that were kind of strange in retrospect, in each one of those years, 87 Twins, 88 Dodgers, 97 Marlins, 2001 with the Diamondbacks, each one of those teams were filled with veterans where that was their first title. I mean, some of the guys who play on the Twins teams, obviously you had the you know, the Twins players like Herbeck and Puckett and Viola and them. But you had guys like Joe Necro, Roy Smalley, Don Baylor. You know, players who played, been seen playing forever. Sal Butera, Dan Schatzeter, who finally got their rings. The team that won in 88 were filled with players who were seemed to be taken from all over the place where they got their lone rings that year. Mickey Hatcher, Mike Davis, John Tudor. You know, uh, Alfredo Griffin got his first ring after a very long career. He wound up winning a few later as well. But, you know, there was a lot of players on that team who were stable veterans for a long, long time who finally got to win one. And the, the 97 Marlins were filled with them. Gary Sheffield, Bobby Bonilla, uh, who are some of the other ones? Darren Dalton. You know, there were players on that team all over, up and down there, who were who were Rob Nen, who had nice long careers. Dennis Cook. Nice long careers, and their only ring was in Florida. And then you go to the team in 2001 with the Diamondbacks. Holy Toledo. It was a young team, but man, a young team in terms of the age of the franchise, but man, there were all these long in the tooth guys who got their only rings there. Randy Johnson, Jay Bell, Steve Finley, Mark Grace. You know, I mean, up and down. I mean, Ken, this is off the top of my head. So in one sense, it was good because it caught a lot of players that, yeah, I finally won one. And there's something to be said for that. But there's really something to be said for a great team with a great run closing the deal so their legacy could be looked upon as, yeah, we get it. We did one. We won it. You know, it's strange because there's some years where you're like, wow, that team had a great run. They won the World Series the wrong year, 
I mean, you would, I would argue that the 93 Braves would have been the perfect Braves team to win it all, not the 95. The 2000 Yankees, compare that to the team in 2001 or even in 2003. There are a lot of weird players on that team in 2000. That's right. Jose Canseco has a World Series ring with the Yankees. And with the Red Sox winning in 2013 with a bunch of guys who were only there for a year, year and a half, I love that team. But it's weird that Shane Victorino is a world champion Red Sox. Johnny Gomes is a world champion Red Sox. And Jim Rice is not. Yastrzemski was not. Fisk was not. Ted Williams was not. You know, you can't always pick when your team wins. The two Cardinal teams under La Russa that won the World Series were arguably the two worst teams that he brought into the postseason. The best team he brought in the postseason was probably the one in 2004-2005. Or maybe even 2013, but they weren't the ones that won the World Series. And those are the teams that you remember. So, I guess what I'm saying is, I salute the Cubs for what they did last year. They had a great core, they were supposed to win, and they won. That's rare. It doesn't always happen. It usually doesn't. Great cores can go their whole run without winning. Or they can win with the wrong year. So as we go forward and you think about some of these franchises that could win it all and improve on their legacy, just look back and realize if you're a Cub fan, you can actually relax. Everything this team does from now on is gravy. And you could say, oh, we want to be a dynasty, we want to be this, we want to be that, and that's fine. The Mets want to be a dynasty. The Lasorda Dodgers wanted to be a dynasty. There's a lot of teams that the Braves wanted to be a dynasty. There's a lot of teams that wanted to be a dynasty. You won one. You won it all. Your legacy is secure. And you won in the year that everyone was expecting you to win, and you were the best. Savor that, because that doesn't always happen. So go to sullybaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Talk about legacies and fulfilling dreams. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the 21st day of February 2017. I almost said 2013. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.